Welcome everyone. This is No Need to Argue with Kobe Wittick. Welcome to the show, everyone. Thank you for joining me here. This is No Need to Argue with your host, Kobe Wittick. It is a beautiful November 1st. November is here. Halloween is over. And we can look forward to the nitty and gritty heart of the NFL season and everything else that's going to be taking place over the next couple months. So I am excited and looking forward to it. Uh, definitely check me out on Twitter at no need 2 a no need number two a. Uh, I'll definitely have some new polls and things like that coming up as I've been telling you guys. But definitely get on there. Let me know what you think about the show. Uh, any suggestions or criticism, anything like that. I will definitely take it in full force. So uh, appreciate you guys getting on there and uh, associating with me via Twitter. So let's go ahead and get started today. How about the Denver Nuggets? Man, I am so excited about these guys. The way they're playing, it's good to see them actually playing some defense this year. That is something that we have not been able to enjoy here in Denver for a while when you talk about the Denver Nuggets. So, big overtime win last night. Paul Millsap at the buzzer in overtime with the... I mean, it was like he was on the court back home playing 21 with his buddies and getting that tip in off of the missed shot. What a great ending. I know that you know the the Bulls maybe aren't a team that we were supposed to have that close of a game with. You know, right now you look at the Eastern standings, you know, the Bulls are sitting at 2 and 6, but they really do have some great talent on that team. I mean, you know, they went and they got Carter Jr. from Duke Drafted him this year. Zach Levine is back from his injury, playing phenomenal. I mean, the kid looks like he's going to be a rock star in Chicago. And, you know, they they really just need to kind of, you know, fill a few more holes. And that team's going to be pretty competitive, especially in the Eastern Conference. But you look at the Nuggets, they're sitting at 6-1. and one. I mean, best start we've had in, in decades here in Denver. They're number two in the Western Conference right now, only to the Warriors who are on fire. And it's just it's just awesome to see how these guys are playing. They're playing together. They got some young core guys. They got some good veterans that are playing well. And they got some up-and-comers, you know, who have been riding the bench for a couple of years and new guys that are really coming in and contributing. And it's just it's what so much fun to watch. And I know, you know, everyone used to enjoy the Denver Nuggets and the George Carl era when we were scoring, you know, 110 plus points a game and it was up down and it was you know, high intensity 24-7, but I tell you what, I mean, to watch these guys play, execute in the half court, the fast break is there when the opportunity comes, and to really see them crack down on defense the way they have this year, it's just phenomenal. And I I will fully admit I was not sold on Mike Malone in his first two years, but what he's been able to really do with this team, and he's made some personnel issues that I didn't like, you know, being a fan of certain players, but I ultimately know that I am a fan of the Denver Nuggets first. And so whatever is going to, you know, really help the Denver Nuggets be successful, be super competitive in a very, very tough Western Conference, I am all for. And Michael Malone, hat off to you, my man. It is absolutely awesome. I actually ran into Mike Malone downtown Denver a couple years ago before the season started. I was out with some friends and he was out with the coaches kind of doing a you know, preseason, you know, little fun trip downtown with coaches and wives and everything like that. And it was just awesome to see, you know, how Mike Malone really tries to 
you know, bring everyone together and the team camaraderie and the coaches, you know, that camaraderie that they have together. You can tell that he he really does care about people and he wants everyone to be included and he wants to be successful. He has that drive to be successful. So keep doing what you're doing, Mike Malone. I, I'm all for it. The team is looking good this year, but I think the biggest thing, you know, as we've seen with the Nuggets before is games like last night to pull out those wins, no matter how you do it, is the most important part of this season because the Denver Nuggets have been They've really been known for getting up for the big games. You know, they have a really good record against the Warriors over the last couple of years and some of the other big teams in the West, but yet they go and they play, you know, teams like the Bulls last night or they go and play, you know, teams like the Phoenix Suns or the Sacramento Kings. And, you know, over the years, we've kind of dropped some of these games to these teams that we should beat, that we know we should beat and maybe just don't play with the intensity needed to take care of business on a given night. So those are going to be the games that make the biggest difference in the Nuggets season this year, where they place when it comes playoff time in the Western Conference. Because, I mean, it's like like I said with the you know Denver Broncos before, it's really easy to get up for those big-time games when you're playing the big-time opponents and you want to really measure yourself up against these guys. And, you know, it's a lot tougher when you go into, you know, Chicago and you're playing, you know, the Bulls that don't have a good record. They don't have much going on for them. They're kind of in a rebuild mode, you know, to come out and get that win and really fight till the very end to make sure you do that is huge. And we have another one coming up tonight. I mean, they go into Cleveland. They're playing a team that just fired their coach that lost LeBron in the offseason. It's pretty much the Los Angeles Lakers of last year, minus a few players with the trades that they made. So tonight is another huge test for these Nuggets. You know, they're coming off a late overtime game last night. They lose another hour from Chicago to Cleveland tonight, and they got to play, you know, back-to-back away games. And so this is going to be a really, really big early season test for this young Nuggets team to say, okay, what are you all made of? And I look for guys like Paul Millsap and Jokic and... Plumley and a lot of these older vets to really bring along these young guys and let them know, hey, you know, we got to take care of business. This is a team that you should beat. I mean, this is a team that has nothing going for them. Players are upset. Coach just got fired. Go in there, take care of business. They're one in six right now. They, I mean, they're one in three at home. They, they haven't played good no matter where they're playing. So go in there, take care of business. You know, you're a better team handle what you need to do, and then move on to the next. And so I think that you know tonight will be another kind of litmus test for the Nuggets of have you taken that next step? Because to take that next step to be in the upper echelon and competitive teams in the entire NBA, you need to go in and handle business when you're supposed to. So Denver Nuggets, take care of business tonight. I'll be watching. I'm excited. And, uh, you know, it'll be a good one. So keep it up, Denver. I'm, I'm so excited about what they've been doing. It's really awesome to see, you know, how this team is looking when you compare them to the rest of the NBA. So, you know, in total defense, the Denver Nuggets right now are ranked fourth. I mean, they're only allowing 101.9 points per game. Only Memphis, Milwaukee, and Boston are ahead of them. Uh, You know, you look at points in the paint, Denver Nuggets are number one in the NBA with 52.7 points in the paint. The Lakers are second and the Pelicans are third. So, you know, they're getting it done defensively. They're getting it done in the paint, getting easy shots. 
you know, they're making sure that, you know, they're doing what they need to do and handling some of the small stuff, that small ball in the NBA, instead of jacking up a million threes like we kind of got into last year. You look at the Denver Nuggets right now are 24th in the league with three-point percentage, but you look at the teams that are at the top of that list. So Houston Rockets right now are at the top of the list in three-point percentage, and yet they're one in five and second to last in the West. Milwaukee Bucks, yeah, they're second in three-point. They're undefeated. They are having a heck of a season. The Atlanta Hawks are two and five this year. Slow start, a lot of new guys on that team. They're third on the list in three-point percentage. Brooklyn Nets are three and five, fourth on the list. Dallas Mavericks are two and six, fifth on the list. Washington Wizards are one and six, sixth on the list. Phoenix Suns, they're eighth in the league in three-point percentage, and they're only one and six. So you look at, you know, this year in terms of three-point percentage and, you know, wanting to just jack up threes and and try and get those high-scoring trips down the floor every single time the teams right now that are doing well from the three-point line and putting up those three-point shots are not doing so well in terms of wins and losses so far so you know when you look at the Nuggets fourth overall defense number one points in the paint and they're sitting at 24 and three-point percentage I'll take that all day long if you're sitting at six and one and second in the west right now whatever gets the job done and I think that that's a big part of why they've been so successful is they've been pounding the paint, Jokic, Millsap, Plumlee. I mean, they are dirty on the boards. They are hustling, doing everything they can, getting easy buckets, and it's really translating to open shots for other players and just good team basketball. So, so happy about where they're sitting right now in the NBA. I know it's super early. You know, we're only seven games in for the Nuggets right now. There's 82 total that we have to play. But very, very excited for what could come this year. And hopefully, you know, we'll be in the top four at the end of the year. We'll be hosting and have home field advantage when it comes to some of those playoff series. And who knows? Anything can happen from there. So excited about it. Game tonight's going to be a big one. Got to get a win in Cleveland against an inferior team. And uh, like I said, keep it up, Mike Malone. Everything that you guys are doing is just spectacular. And there's no need to argue about that so moving on tonight we got Thursday night football uh you know not not the best matchup this is kind of the Thursday night football that football fans are kind of used to seeing on Thursday night you know we got the Raiders we got the 49ers you know right now Raiders are sitting at one and six they are I mean shipping players away like it means nothing to them and you can tell, you know, as as I've said before, they are they are looking towards Vegas and they could care less about Oakland right now. And that is what John Gruden's agenda is all about. The 49ers sitting at one and seven at the bottom of the NFC West. So we kind of got the uh, bottom of the NFC West against the bottom of the AFC West. You know, who's going to get that second win of the season? So I know that it doesn't play out so well for, you know, TV ratings and the best game to watch this weekend. But It still is NFL football, so I know I'll be tuning in. I'll be bouncing back and forth between this game and the Nuggets. But it's very interesting to see. I mean, Amari Cooper gets traded to the Cowboys, which I think was a great trade for the Cowboys. You know, they really kind of needed another threat outside. And, you know, I think that that's really going to help them there. You know, the Raiders are just 
piling draft picks like nobody's business. And over the next two drafts, it's going to be, you know, kind of funny to watch the draft because it's going to be Oakland Raiders select, Oakland Raiders select, Oakland Raiders select. And it's going to seem like they are, you know, picking every other pick with how they're stockpiling draft picks. But, you know, John Gruden, I mean, I know that he has a vision for where this team wants to go. I just think that it's it's really sad for the Oakland fans to, you know, get excited and who's going to be coming to games and who you know, really cares to support this team anymore with the move to Vegas and what they're doing to, you know, really just kind of shred all their competitiveness away in this season and most likely in 2019. So, you know, it is it is what it is. But, you know, the 49ers, unfortunately, they have just been so injury prone this year. You know, Bethard is kind of day to day right now this week. So, you know, I, I assume he's going to play tonight, but, you know, it's one of those where, you know, if anything happens, he could possibly get injured tonight again if he takes the wrong hit. And I just, you know, I really feel for Kyle Shanahan because I think that he really, you know, found something special in Garoppolo last year. I think that, you know, him and John Lynch are are building something really special there with some of the young talent that they have going on and to lose Garoppolo like you did this year for the season it's just going to be really tough to, you know, kind of rebound and and make anything worth it, especially, you know, in the NFC West with the Seahawks and the Rams, the way they're playing, you know, and some of these other teams in the NFC who are really having breakout years. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, they they both signed six-year deals. So John Lynch and, and Kyle Shanahan know that they have some time to, you know, really kind of build this thing up in San Francisco and get the 49ers relevant again with that fan base. But, you know, they're going to have to be a little patient. I think, you know, they're going to do some good things. And Kyle Shanahan is a great offensive mind. You know that he's going to, you know, be coming up with new innovative things and he's going to put people in the right places to make plays and to be successful. But it's just going to be a little longer than they expected, I think, with the Garoppolo injury. So, kind of, you know, deflated them a little bit when they lost Garoppolo. But, you know, they really are fighting. I mean, Beathard has been a good a good player for them. He really has. He's come in. He's, you know, a younger guy. He, uh, you know, has had some good games. He's made some good throws. But he's also made some mistakes. And that's going to come with the territory. So, you know, I... I I can't really say much more about the matchup tonight, unfortunately. You know, it's it's one in six Raiders against the one in seven forty ers So, you know, both these teams are gonna be playing hard. You know that they wanna, you know, get a few more wins in that uh column of their record before the end of the year. But, you know, these are two teams who could be picking one, two, or three in the twenty nineteen draft. So big time players that could be going to these two teams next year. And, uh, you know, we'll see how it goes tonight. So best of luck to those two teams. 49ers, I hope you just absolutely demolish the Raiders. And, uh, you know, not many people are going to argue with me on that. So uh, big games this weekend, though. It's going to be it's going to be fun. It's going to be interesting to see some of these these big matchups going on. I think the first one, Steelers go to Baltimore to play the Ravens. This is a huge game for that division. Because, you know, the Steelers are atop the division right now at 4-2-1. and one. That tie has actually given them a little edge right now over the Bengals at 5-3. and three. And you got the Ravens sitting at 4-4. Four and four. You know, they're 500 on the year. And, you know, the winner of this game could really, 
you know, kind of hit their stride going into the second half of the season and could propel them to actually win this division. You know, the Bengals came out strong, firing on all cylinders, and they've been, you know, kind of struggling a little bit over the last couple games. You know, the Steelers came out real, real slow, but they seem to be finding their groove. As I've said before, the Le'Veon Bell saga, no one knows what's going to happen. You know, I've I've seen a couple of rumors out there that he could come back this week or next week. You know, he may just sit out maybe until the playoffs. Who knows what's going to happen with this guy. But I tell you what, James Conner, I mean, the way that he has played this year has just been miraculous. And I'm very surprised, actually, that the Steelers were not trying to trade Le'Veon Bell at the trade deadline. I mean, they may have been, and there just maybe wasn't any takers or the price was too high. But, I mean, the way James Conner has come in here and played, you know, considering the salary that you're, you know, going to have to give Le'Veon Bell or that Le'Veon Bell wants, I mean, I know that Le'Veon Bell is a, I mean, he's a franchise player. He really is. He can do it all. But the way James Conner has played this year, I mean, last week against, you know, Cleveland Browns, he had 24 carries for 146 yards and two touchdowns. And then he also had five catches for 66 yards. So, you know, it's not like James Conner's just this ground and pound running back. I mean, he's doing it in the passing game. He's doing it, you know, everywhere. And, you know, he's a heck of a lot cheaper than Le'Veon Bell. So it's almost like, hey, you know, Pittsburgh, why don't we just go ahead and move on and, uh, you know, maybe spend that money elsewhere, like on defense or, you know, finding a new quarterback when Big Ben is all done. So, you know, it's going to be a big game. You know, the Ravens, you know, they've kind of, you know, they've had their games this year where they come out and, you know, look like they are a true competitor in the AFC. And then they've had other games where, you know, they just kind of fall flat and you kind of wonder what's going on with that team. So, Huge game this weekend, divisional game. I mean, big rivalry between these two. It is going to be popping off in Baltimore uh, for that one on Sunday. Uh, The next big one, obviously, we got the Rams going into New Orleans to play Drew Brees and the Saints. You know, the Rams undefeated. The Saints are, you know, sitting atop their division at 6-1 with the Panthers really hitting their stride at 5-2 right behind them, uh, you know, nipping at the bit. And so, you know, this is... You know, a big game because, you know, winner of this game could seal the NFC, you know, top seed when it's all said and done. The way these two teams are playing, the way they're winning, you know, what they're doing offensively, you know, they're definitely powerhouses in the NFC right now. And so, you know, a, a win for either of these teams could really set them up for sealing that number one spot, getting the bye, having home field advantage and, uh, you know, everything else that goes with that. So, you know, obviously the game's in New Orleans. So Drew Brees, I got to give him a little bit of an edge playing at home, uh, you know, against the Rams. But, gosh, the way that defense is playing, the way the offense is, you know, just tearing people up. And and the fun part to watch about the Rams is that, you know, it's not – it's not just one thing every week. You know, they'll kill you in the running game one week. They'll kill you in the passing game the next week. They'll go 50-50, you know, the week after that. And it's one of those where, you know, they can beat you a million different ways, you know, and it's kind of like the Chiefs, unfortunately. You know, it's one of those where you kind of pick your poison and it doesn't matter what you pick, you picked wrong. And so that's, you know, it's going to be uh it's going to be a fun one. This is definitely a big time game. Uh, you know, I know that both these teams are going to be coming out fired up. You know, the Rams made some big moves at the trade deadline, bringing in an edge rusher. 
And, you know, that defense is just getting better and better and better. And Aqib Tlaib is going to come back at some point this season and they're going to be even better. So it's going to be interesting to see how Drew Brees handles that defense and how successful they are in that game. You know, this is one that could go two ways. It can be an absolute just score fest and end in the 40s for both teams or, you know, it could be one where they grind it out a little bit and the defenses take over with how they've played this year, too. So it's going to be fun and interesting to watch. I don't think that either of these teams kind of blows away from the other one. That would very, very much surprise me. But uh, but going to be a big clash of Titans in the NFC uh, this Sunday. Obviously, you know, the biggest game of all time, as everyone's building it up to be, we have Tom Brady against Aaron Rodgers and you know this is one where you know they've only played against each other one time in the past and I mean you're talking about the two greatest quarterbacks of our era of their time and you know arguably you know in Tom Brady the greatest quarterback of all time in terms of his resume and others say Aaron Rodgers is the greatest quarterback of all time in terms of his just pure talent so you know watching these two teams go at it is going to be it's going to be a lot of fun you know and last week you know we kind of talked about what happened with Ty Montgomery and the fumble and the Packers not getting a chance late in that game then what do you know Ty Montgomery gets traded at the trade deadline you know which was I mean there had to have been a little something more going on there because I don't think you just trade that guy after a fumble on special teams, especially with everything that that guy has meant to your team over the past couple years. You know, he came as a wide receiver. He shifted to running back when you had nobody. And then, you know, he makes one mistake on a kickoff return and gets traded. But, hey, that's that's the business, I guess. You know, if you don't give Aaron Rodgers a chance, then you don't get a chance is how the, the Green Bay Packers treated that scenario. So, you know, obviously the Packers, their defense has played really well this year, a lot better than people expected. But they did just trade their aha Clinton Dix. So, you know, how big of an impact is that going to make going up against Tom Brady and the Patriots? You know, there's a lot of injuries on both sides, but, you know, it's going to be a classic match. And it's one of those where, you know, no matter who gets the ball at the end of the game with, you know, less than two minutes or less than a minute left, I mean, you can't rule out either of these guys. These are the top two guys that you want with the ball on a last game winning drive or game tying drive in a football game. So this is going to be hopefully just a classic, classic game. I really hope that we get to see one of these quarterbacks make that game winning or game tying drive at the end of the game, you know, with, uh, you know, under two minutes or under a minute, maybe we get some free football of these two going at each other. Cause we don't know when they're going to meet again. And, uh, you know, this'll be, uh, this'll be a big one. So definitely feast your eyes on Sunday night prime time when these two face off against each other going through all these games. Now I, I gotta say, I am going to give you now my lock and upset picks of the week. So starting off, my upset pick of the week this week, I'm going to take the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Give me Fitz magic. He's named the starter. What he did last week, bringing that team back and tying the game and forcing Andy Dalton to do what he had to do 
with under a minute left to win it. You know, the Panthers are a good team and they're playing at home. And I think that, you know, this team just seems to, you know, the Panthers are one of those where they seem to kind of get better and they're, they're fixing to put some pieces that are really making contributions and they're adding to their team and they're doing some good things. But, you know, divisional game like this, the Packers season is so, you know, down from what they thought it would be, what people expected it to be. You don't know who the quarterback is, but I'll tell you this right now. Fitz Magic, give me him for one stellar game. Give me one give me, you know, him for the games that he started this season with against the Panthers. And I think that they'll take care of business. So that's going to be my big upset of the week. Give me the Buccaneers over the Panthers in Carolina only because Fitzmagic is coming back as the starter after sitting for how many weeks against famous Jameis. And he's ready to show that he can still do this thing. And he does not want to get sat twice in one year. So I will take Fitzmagic all day against the Panthers. Yeah, cricket's there. I, I, I get that. Totally understand. My lock pick of the week this this week is going to be the Green Bay Packers. And I'm going to take that lock because I think Aaron Rodgers, the game they had last week, they played well against a really tough team, a tough defense, and they had a chance to win it at the end. I mean, you don't fumble that ball, and I'm taking my chances on Aaron Rodgers driving down the field with a game-winning drive. So the Patriots, you know, last week they go in and they play the Bills on Monday night. You know, they struggled kind of in that first half, couldn't get much going. Bills defense really locked them down. They were playing really well, holding them to field goals. And then in the second half, you know, the Patriots just kind of, you know, warmed up and took off in that fourth quarter, scoring like crazy, and their defense held the Bills to six points. Congratulations, who can't hold the Bills to six points? And I think that'll be the big difference in this game is that if the Packers' defense can do anything close to what Buffalo Bills' defense did in that first half, I think that Aaron Rodgers and that Packers' offense is going to be able to score a lot more points than the Bills were able to against the Patriots in Foxborough. So give me... Green Bay Packers in the lock against New England Patriots on Sunday night prime time. And there's no need to argue about that. All right, I'm going to wrap up here. You know, Denver Broncos, they trade Demarius Thomas. You know, a lot of mixed emotions going on here in Denver. A lot of people are happy to see him go. A lot of people are sad to see him go. I'll tell you this right now. I don't care how you feel about the Demarius Thomas trade. I was one that had been saying it needed to happen for weeks now leading up to the trade deadline. So I agree with the move because he's getting older. I believe that the production that he was putting out on the field could be picked up by anybody else on our bench in the wide receiver room, and you're paying him way too much money. That does not change what DT has meant to the Denver Broncos while he's been here. Josh McDaniels got this one right, picking him... In the first round, when Josh McDaniels came in out of Georgia Tech, a lot of people were upset because Des Bryant was still on the board, and they thought that he was the best receiver in that class. Demarius Thomas did it better than Des for longer than Des. And you look at the quarterbacks that Demarius Thomas had to play with here in Denver. You know, he had to start with Kyle Orton, 
Then came Tim Tebow. Him and Tim Tebow hooked up for you know one of the greatest plays in Broncos history in the playoff overtime game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. But you know then comes Peyton Manning, and you know obviously with Peyton Manning, DT is going to have his best years and his biggest production years. And then after Peyton Manning leaves, you look at the quarterback tree and frenzy that we've had roll through Denver here, and DT has really you know he's been a ultimate professional the entire time he's always talked about as being a team oriented guy and so I think that you know a lot of people look at the drops and I understand they frustrated me too but you also got to take the drops with the big plays that he was able to make and that he was never a huge distraction on the sideline like Des Bryant was in Dallas so You know, Demarius Thomas, I thank you so much for your service here. I think you were an amazing player for us. I am so glad that Josh McDaniels came in here and drafted you because we had a lot of great times together. I got your jersey hanging up in the closet. I wear it every Sunday for the Broncos games, and I will continue to do so. But what's crazy about this trade is that they traded him to the Houston Texans who come into town this Sunday. So, you know, what a crazy, you know, kind of mixed emotions that... DT must have right now that he gets traded and yet in three days he's coming right back to the Mile High City in a different uniform on a different sideline for the first time in his career I mean it's gonna be weird it's gonna be emotional I know it's gonna be tough for DT but I think that it's gonna be a great addition for the Houston Texans with them losing Will Fuller Uh, with the ACL injury you know they're able to bring in a veteran guy to be alongside DeAndre Hopkins, and you just add another big-bodied weapon to Watson, who has been on an absolute tear. So it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to watch DT, and I hope that he lives out his career very successfully. I would love to see Denver bring him back to the Broncos to let him retire as a Bronco when that time does come. I think that you owe him that courtesy to let him come back and at least retire as a Bronco here in Denver. And a lot of people think, you know, he'll be a ring of famer here in Denver and he will definitely, you know, be a solid, solid history point when you talk about the Denver Broncos wide receivers. But best of luck to him. For this weekend, the Broncos have a big task ahead of them because this offense is hitting on all cylinders. And I know they just lost Will Fuller, but they're supposed to be getting Cutie back. And that kid is a feisty, fast, little wide receiver that just seems to make plays whenever you get the ball in his hands. So we'll see how he does. Obviously, DT is going to be on the uh, opposite side of the field. We don't know how much he's going to play, You know how much of the playbook he's going to know, if they're just going to send him out there and give him signals for what route to run every play. So, you know, it's going to be a it's going to be a battle, but the one good thing that we have going for us is that, you know, the Broncos defense has been playing really well over the last couple weeks. They seem to be finding a groove. Bradley Chubb is really coming into his own, getting the offensive rookie player of the month for October with all the great games that he had, and I think that this offense if they can if they can Find a way to get the ball out quickly and control the game with the run. I think this offense will be able to do some successful things against this defense. But if you start getting into five and seven step drops with Clowney and J.J. Watt, you are going to get Case Keenum very, very hurt 
in this game. So, you know, offensively, we got to make some plays. We got to get the ball out quickly. We got to make good reads and we got to control the running game with Philip Lindsay because that kid is just a firecracker and he is so good with the ball. You just got to feed him. And defensively, you know, you just got to slow down Watson because, you know, if you're able to get rushes on him and he's able to break the pocket clean, he's going to hurt you, whether it be with his legs or whether it be with his arm. So, you know, big matchup for the Broncos. Obviously, this is a huge one for the Broncos. You know, sitting at three and five right now. We got the bye week next week. You lose this game, you're three and six. You've lost five out of the last six. And, you know, there's going to be some big changes coming to this team, uh, you know, beyond this week if you lose instead of just a Demarius Thomas trade at the trade deadline. So, going to be a big one for the Broncos. Obviously, you know, the Texans, I mean, they've won five straight. You know, they started the year a little slow. They've won five straight. They're sitting atop their really poor division. You know, the Jaguars are at three and five. The Colts are at three and five. The Titans are at three and four. The Colts, you know, they've kind of found their groove offensively, and Andrew Luck's kind of coming into his own. And the Jaguars, who knows what's going on down there. But, you know, this is a division right now that the way it sits, the Texans could run away with very easily this year the way things are going. So a win for them would be huge. And, you know, it could really play out for their season. But, uh, you know, the Broncos got to get a win here. You know, you got to find a way to get a win. I don't care about tanking. I don't care about what your, you know, record is so far or how you've played against teams so far you got to find a way to get a win here at home because the fans need it, the fans want it, and they're tired of seeing losing efforts every single week the last two years. So figure it out and get a win. And there's no need to argue about that. Thank you guys so much for listening. That'll do it for today. Big, big weekend of football going on this week. Super excited. I am, uh, I'm going to definitely catch you guys on Monday. We'll recap all this stuff going on. See how my lock and upset picks went. They were a little outlandish this week, so we'll have some fun seeing how those go. Definitely check me out on Twitter at no need to a, and I will catch you guys on Monday. Have a great weekend. Thank you all so much for listening again. Until next time, I'm Kobe Wittick, and there's no need to argue about that.